Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. Today is Celebration Sunday. We're coming to the end of our two-year Raise the Sales generosity journey. Today, we look back and recount the ways God has been so generous to this church and to each one of us. Here's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun. Well, golly, I got a lay today. Must be something special. It's Celebration Sunday for Raise the Sales. And for some of you who are new to this, um, this phrase, Raise the Sales, two years ago, uh, we started a deep study of what it means to know a generous God. So generous that when we launch out on an adventure and raise the sails in our lives, that God is with us. When we know how generous he is, we can risk and not only do great things for God, but be great friends with God. And this is a God who in his core nature is so generous that he wants to give us the best. His love is bottomless. His forgiveness is so immense. His faithfulness to us has no bounds. This is a God who owns the cattle of a thousand hills, who said every single animal is his. This is the God who created the universe and the world and said, this is for you to take care of and thrive and live in. This is the God who lived among us 30, for 30 years and gave up his life for us. This is the God who lived as a servant for humankind. This is the God who suffered and died for us when we should be the ones to pay uh, the ultimate price for our sins and wrongdoing. That's the gospel. This is the God who said in a very generous way, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Imagine what it means to have a God like this who says, live for me and I will be with you always. For many of us, that means we are willing to risk and live and even die for him. It means we are willing to raise the sails of our lives to receive the winds of the Holy Spirit and go wherever he asks us to sail. We want to be then sail raisers ready to launch. For two years, we studied what this raise the sails means. We heard sermons, we watched videos, we heard testimonies and went to retreats and small group Bible studies. The video you saw was a compilation of all of that. And while some thought it was just about raising funds, people discovered that no, it was really about discipleship and how to be a sail raiser disciple empowered and guided by the winds of the Spirit. There are four characteristics of a sail raiser disciple. Number one, a risk taker, one who is courageous, one who is faithful, and one who is generous. Let's look at risk taker. When God told the Israelites to raise the sails of their hearts to move out and go where he wanted them to go, to the promised land they went. But it was at great risk. The Egyptian army came after them and almost overtook them at the Red Sea to kill them all. But God parted the Red Sea and they escaped. 
At night, they didn't know the way to the promised land, no street lights or flashlights, but God led them miraculously with a pillar of fire. They didn't have GPS. So during the day, the Lord led them with a pillar of smoke, like a tall cloud on the ground. You think iCloud is new? God was like into it way before. They, they risked starving, but God gave them manna, enough heavenly bread for the day and sometimes fall to eat, manna for a day. They risked dying of thirst, but God brought water out of a rock. It's scary following God. And for you and me, these last two years especially, it has been especially scary with disease and national conflict and financial challenges and national politics and the strife that went with it. Following God is a risk, and here at First Pres, we had to turn things around when COVID shut down in-person worship. We had five days to make the change. And so we had to turn our sails to, to catch the winds that dictated that we tack towards a recorded worship service online. The question was, would people watch? Well, to our surprise, around 2,000 people did, which is about double of what our usual in-person worship was. Then the winds shifted again about a year later, and we had to risk doing in-person worship service plus a live streaming of our services. The second characteristic of a sail raiser got activated, courageous. This shift to online and in-person and live streaming meant more volunteers to get on board, more technological challenges, more costs, more wondering if people would watch and worship in this new way. We had to be courageous to face and overcome these challenges. Our theme verse, remember, was Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go, wherever you go. Courageous meaning having strength in the face of pain or grief. God called us to hang in there and to have courage in the midst of pain and grief, and we did. Though people over the last 19 months we're getting sick, though 60 of our members on the mainland and here locally contracted COVID, though unrelated to COVID, two dozen of our members and regular attenders died of natural causes and illnesses, though Kolau ballrooms and the vine had to temporarily close, though Kolau golf club left, Though Honey's Restaurant closed, though our church had financial challenges, we kept the courage. We still were obedient to the Lord to spread the gospel. But it was hard to do our ministries online. But we did it every single week online, whether children or youth or senior citizens or small groups or men's groups or life groups or young adults or Gen X or ministry meetings or care ministries just show up, alpha or rooted. We did it all week in and week out, serving 
people inside and outside, all online. Praise God for those volunteers and staff who put that all together. We serve also food to thousands of people in need. You saw that in the video. And though our in-person worship's attendance shrank, our online worship ministries, our attendance, um, our online ministries had a far greater penetration of the gospel than we ever dreamed. I just looked at the online analytics two weeks ago, and I discovered that our online ministries reached, are you ready for this? All 50 states. In addition to, get this, 46 countries. So international, national, and local. So now I have to change how I do worship services. I gotta go like, Ohio goes I must, you all, how's it? So I kind of cover all three categories. And the analytics showed that people were not just jumping in and out of our services, but remained glued for the entire service. But it was your courage that kept the ministries going. So many of you served in those areas. You never gave up. You hung in there. You supported the community financially, emotionally, spiritually. You kept the faith. Hence, the third characteristic of a sail raiser disciple is faithful. The Israelites were on their way to the promised land, and they thought they were leaving the desert to go to the desert of land of milk and honey. And they thought it was going to be the perfect place, a, pay, a place of peace and tranquility. But they discovered the opposite. The promised land had giants and enemies. And for the rest of their lives, they had a fight against enemy kings and there was always strife. It started off right off the bat fighting the battle at Jericho. And you see, they missed the point. And it's a point we need to be reminded of over and over again. God was trying to teach them that the promised land was not a place, but the promised land was to be in their hearts where God could reside. A life of milk and honey was to have God with them wherever they traveled. It was not a geographical place. If you've been to Israel, it looks like a desert, just like it was before. It was spiritual, the promised land. God could inhabit in them if they let him, and he's a generous God. And he would always provide the milk and honey they would need for every day. You see, the ancient Israelites also thought that God was in a box called the Ark of the Covenant. And they built a temple around it and worshiped it. But what God was trying to tell them was that the Ark of the Covenant could be in their hearts, that God could reside there. In the New Testament, God even came down to earth in the form of a human as Jesus Christ, God with us. If Jesus Christ could, would reside in our hearts and we would follow him, then the Ark of the Covenant, the promised land, would always be with us, in us, is it any surprise that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person 
For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Faithful means if we invite God into our lives, he will reside in our hearts. The promised land can be in our soul. So the breath in our lungs would always be praising God. The Holy Spirit can reside in our body, and our body is the new temple of God. Hence, we must take care of our bodies, eat well, exercise. But if we really are followers of Christ, if we really have Jesus in our hearts, then our faith says we should not worry or be anxious. We should not live with anxiety. So let me tell you about Daniel Fong, who's a fellow trustee with me at Fuller Seminary. He's the CEO of a company called Million Dollar Baby, which makes baby furniture and other nursery products. I was talking to Daniel two weeks ago about faith, and he was saying that he had lost 20 containers of product because they fell off of a ship during a storm. 20 containers. He said all 20 containers now reside at the bottom of the ocean. Each container had about $80,000 worth of product. He lost $1.6 million worth of product. That's horrible, I thought. What a tragedy, what a heartache, what a bummer, what sadness. How depressing is that? But he said, oh, I'm happy. I said, what? He said, you know, after reading the Bible, he understands clearly that this is not a perfect world. And if this is not a perfect world, these things happen. So why get upset as if it is a perfect world? It's when we think everything in this world has to run fairly and justly and perfectly that our anxiety and worry and frustration and sadness arise. If, if we really believe the world is not perfect because God told us that it's not perfect, then we can still be okay when, not if, but when bad things happen. That's how life on earth is, so accept it. And that was a major takeaway for me. Unfortunately, I had to live that during, my first, during the first service today. Our live streaming went down, like halfway. By God's grace, it came back just when I was about to preach. But, <laughs> but you see, I had was like, God, why do I have to live out my sermon? This always happens. Daniel Fong says that's how he runs his company, which is a faith-based company. His employees can still have joy when things go wrong, not happy, um, um, because things went wrong, but they can still have joy and peace. Daniel said, and I quote, we should always have peace because God has given us peace. Then it makes sense when Jesus says in Matthew 6.35, Sermon on the Mount, don't be anxious. We should live as if what Jesus says is true. Isn't that novel? Anxiety comes when we think there's no sin, no injustice, and everything uh, will be or has to be perfect. 
God's peace can come when we know things can go wrong, but God is still with us. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, 1633, he said, in the world you will have, notice he didn't say might have, in the world you will have trouble. This is not a perfect world. And he told us that, but we often act as if it's supposed to be. But then Jesus said in the second half of the verse, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's faith. And so here's the whole verse put together. In the world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Another translation says, you will have many, not one, you have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Another friend of mine lost um, millions of dollars in the stock market. You don't want to be my friend. Everybody's losing money. But... <laughs> and, and he said to me, I lost a servant, but I did not lose the Lord. To him, money was a servant to help him get what he wanted or to give to ministry. But money was never his God. Money comes and goes. Jesus is his Lord, not money, because Jesus said you cannot, not should not, you cannot serve God and money. So money will come and go, but faith means Jesus is always with you, and if you let him be your Lord, then you will have peace. I have another friend who didn't lose money named Bob Moorhead. And Bob and his wife, Patty, were leaders with me in my former church in Menlo Park, um, California. And, and Bob has many talents, but one of which is wood carving. And recently, he, he sent me this object in the mail, and I forgot it at home, but I have a picture. And when I first looked at this object, this is what it looked like. It was all like, huh? Thank you. It was all like mixed up. Um, and then when I realized if I turned the wood piece to the right, it made more sense. Oh, it says Jesus. I have no idea how he carved that. But get this, if I turn the piece to the right again, the wood now says the word lives. Jesus lives. Cool, huh? Now let's go back to the first picture. It says Jesus, if I turn to the right, and then, um, if I turn it to the right again, it says, lives. Now, why do I like this piece of wood so much? Well, as it said, showed in the first picture, life is so jumbled, right? And it doesn't make sense, and we get stressed and anxious. But Jesus is still there. He lives. And, and what is a, even a deeper meaning? So Bob and I talked about it. In, in Bob's words, he said, well, first, people can look at Jesus from different points of views and angles. But behind his name is the reality that he does live in our lives every day. Second, if you put the piece up to a mirror, which I didn't think of, from the backside, the name comes alive again in the reflection on the backside. And in our lives, when we look into the mirror of life, we see him. We see him from the front, and we see him in the reflection. He's always there regardless of any point of view. 
no matter how jumbled life may seem. He's alive for all to see, and he's alive in our individual's life as we look into the mirror of our life. And people don't see our reflection, but they do witness how our life, um, how we live our life, and that is what they see. Wow, that's like major witness. But third, the cross was also just a piece of wood, the cross. The miracle of the resurrection from it could be seen by believers over the centuries. And so you could see Jesus on the cross and his sacrifice is a reflection in the mirror for all of us. I thought, wow, amen, that's the gospel. As sail raisers, hopefully our lives are reflecting Jesus to people. Hopefully more than just being a human doer, just doing Christian activities all the time, we are human beings, and hopefully our whole being is being a Jesus follower, a sail raiser disciple. Hence, the purpose of the rest we can have in God is not that the Sabbath is only one day a week and we get all like messed up and stressed all the other six days, but Sabbath is the eternal Sabbath of peace and resting in Him that we should experience right now every day. We should always have rest and not be anxious because God has given us peace. Now, when a sail-raising disciple understands that, then we come to the fourth characteristic, finally, which is generous. Giving of our time and talent and money is not a burden of doing, but it's part of our being. We follow a generous God who lives in our hearts. Hence, if God is generous in our hearts, then our lives should flow with generosity to everybody. Two years ago, many of you made commitments to the Raise the Sale generous journey, generosity journey. And we wanted to learn about generosity and be generous disciples in the process. And at this time, today, with two months to go, we raised in the last two years for our Raise the Sales generosity journey, $10.5 million, which is 96% of what we are expecting to raise. That's for operations and capital expenses. And 520 families participated. An exciting result is that 110 families, that's 21% of you, actually gave more than your early commitments. But for all of you, praise God. And as you heard, we, will, we were able to fix our sewer, otherwise known as the multiceptor, and we got a new AC chiller, and we remodeled the children's ministry area, and we got the equipment and the staff to run online worship services, and the fun we had in the prayer walk and the nativity walk, where we had a real donkey and llamas and lamb. Praise God for you all. You have been generous because God has been extremely generous to us. And God's generosity is what we're celebrating today at the waterfall lobby. So I hope you go there after this service. We have activities there that will help us reflect even more on his goodness and kindness, even when we don't deserve it. And I should add, some of you have been faithfully giving without a formal commitment to our journey, but you have all been part of the Raise the Sales. 
And for some of you who are brand new, you can be part of it because our journey will not be ending till the end of the calendar year. So all keep being generous. Besides generosity, we learned about taking risks and having courage and having a faith where Jesus can live in our hearts so that we need not be anxious in an imperfect world. But the foundation to all of this is gratefulness. Grateful that God was so incredibly giving to us. Grateful that he gave his only son to be our friend, to live among us, and to teach us how to be more loving. Grateful that his son gave up his life for us that we might be saved, forgiven, and given hope. And we are grateful to all of the people who came before us who are not with us today, who built this church. And we are blessed because they were part of our community. They were a model to us of what Jesus could be like. As I close this sermon, I want to honor those members and regular attenders who passed away in the last 12 months. God gave them to us as part of his generosity. And to them and to God, we offer our love and mahalo. Anne Kai Millard, Nellie Chang, Dale Wyatt, Marion Takagi, Evelyn May Crailer, Art Hansen, Carolyn Hughes, Gladys Iwaki, Barbara Pretty, Ken Roberts, Bonnie Heim, Jim Mee, Ari Kersey, Jerry Coffey. They were part of our journey. And when we think of them, we shall continue their legacy. We will not turn back. We will not forget their contribution of ministry to our church. When we think of God's grace and mercy and generosity and his offer to be our promised land in our hearts, we are so grateful. And we will raise up our anchors and raise our sails and follow him wherever he leads. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this church. It's your church. Thank you for offering us the promised land in our hearts. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the people you have sent to be in our community. And with one another, we are indeed ready to launch all the adventures you desire for us. May you take us farther and deeper in the waters in the presence of our Savior. In your name, in Christ's name, 
Amen. I wanted to say before the final blessing that um, uh, if you want prayer, those online, all you have to do is click that button and there will be somebody there who will just listen to you and pray with you, whether it's emotional, spiritual, or physical needs. And we believe in miraculous prayer, so take care. Uh, uh, please consider that. And here in the sanctuary, if you just go through that back uh, glass doors, we have a prayer team there that would love to pray with um, any and each of, of you. And now, receive the final blessing, which is also a gift from God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you know deep in your heart the wonderful love and grace of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And may he be with you always, wherever you sail. In Christ's name, amen. God bless. Ahui ho. See you next week. Even though the Raise the Sales campaign is coming to an end, the lesson learned is that God's generosity continues, and so should ours. Going forward, let's all be courageous and continue to raise our sales. If you want to catch up on or re-listen to previous services, you can find past sermons on our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Pres sermons on most major podcast services and now on YouTube. In-person worship continues, and some ministries are resuming at church. There are two live services at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. If you'd like to participate, we ask that you sign up through the website on a weekly basis. And both services will be streamed live on the church websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Sign up for First Pres emails where you can get links to sermons, daily devotionals, church news and updates, registration for in-person worship, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Pres can do for you, reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2021 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.